three, two, one. Robotics, robotics assembly. assemble. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Robotics Assemble, the Saints Robotics Podcast. And today I'm with Mr. Moore and Miss Young. And today we're going to be talking about basically the club as a whole and how it like changed so much uh, in a long time. So these two uh, amazing people are our mentors, are one of our oldest members, uh, mentors. And uh, say oldest. <laughs> yeah. And they've been here, I think, the longest. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah, let's get to know them a little bit better. So please introduce yourself and uh, tell me your favorite food. Okay, I'm Helen Young, and my favorite food are the Saints Robotics Potlucks. (laughs) Yes. And I'm Tim Moore, and I think I'd probably pick Coe's. All right, awesome. So yeah, for my favorite food, it would definitely have to be our, um, our ramen definitely the ramen at robotics yeah (laughs) because the ramen is there is just perfect you know you're working on it and then you have the ramen it's it's the perfect uh occasion to to eat the ramen yeah we've been eating it at home or at least i brought some home (laughs) nice yeah oh yeah and about the potlucks when miss sung says potlucks every friday uh before covid and when we actually were meeting every friday we had during build season we had potlucks and everyone just bring type uh, food and then they would we would just share and eat it. It was actually a pretty epic time. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I got to eat all sorts of things that I would never have eaten otherwise because of all your parents cooking. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's just get let's get right into the questions, I guess. So how long have you guys been at Saints Robotics? A long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Um, 2007, I think, was the first season. 2007. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What year was that? What game was that? I don't remember. Um, Overdrive. Overdrive. So I had to go and look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some research here. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So that was oh. uh, Club's second season. Club's second they season. Did, they, they did one before I joined. All right, so that was like right at the conception of the club. It's it's still like a new club that was being established. How many people were in the club? The first year there were five people. Five so that was people. the year before me. There was I think five people, yeah. and the year I joined, I it was around ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. All right, and then now we have what? No, not the first year. Sixty <laughs> members. Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. you've got sixty-five on sixty-five. The- roster currently wow yeah. that's a big increase it like, is and this is actually low we've had higher oh we've been up into the really? 80s and so yeah Dang. yeah wow so we've been uh, we've been peaking i think i think it's because of like covid and like this year just not being in school that oh yeah we probably got a decrease but definitely that once we go back to school we're definitely gonna hit that increase again 150 members you know <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest club in all of uh, the school. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Young, I heard that you joined like a year after Mr. Moore. Well, like a tw- it was the, the same season, but towards the end of the season when I they see. needed chaperones to go to competition. I see, I and see. I guess that last build season, we were actually talking about this today. So it's 
we stopped the bank, you stopped building the robot. And that was during midwinter break and we couldn't use school. Oh, and wow. so it was actually done in our garage and the our driveway was the practice field. <laughs> and that year it was a crating system. So have you heard of the bag when the robot went into the bag? Oh yeah. Yeah. So prior to that, it actually got put into a crate and fastened oh. into a crate and FedEx turned up and took it away. Oh. So you couldn't even look at it. No, that's very sad. Yeah. You can't be, look at it and be like, oh, yeah. that part's and a little bit off. When you got to your pit, lo and behold, there was your crate in the pit. Ah. So yeah. you didn't have to transport it either, which was the good side of that. So that all happened at our house. The last oh. sort of few days of build, the practicing, the crating, and then FedEx came and took it away from our house nice. that first year. So I was a little involved then, um, feeding people mostly, I think. And then <laughs> I thought, well, I'll go and sit and, you know, sit in the bleachers at, where were we, Tacoma? Tacoma. In Tacoma. And, you know, I can be a body and be a responsible adult, perhaps. <laughs> but um, it was just so exciting and so enthralling in competition, watching all these robots running around, doing whatever they needed to do. And we'll, we can talk about that. But it, the thing that fascinated me most was that after every single match, a team of people ran onto the field and picked up all the little pieces that had fallen off. <laughs> and that, that happened at every competition. Yeah. Nobody had the... the I don't know. They just didn't have the wherewithal to make it stay together. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that's changed over the years. I thought that him joining robotics was a really good idea because it would mean that there wouldn't be as much or as many bits of robots around the house. But that just not worked. <laughs> totally backfired. It increased the amount of robotics inside the house. I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, and tools and all sorts of things. But that's fine. That's fine. It's for the greater. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah the, I was just going to say there's a couple of interesting stories about that first year. One oh, of them yeah. was when the robot left here in the crate. Yeah. It didn't actually drive. Oh. Oh no. So it was one of the first things we had to do when we get to the competition is to get the robot out the crate and make it work. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, is recently at least they tend to work before we have to put them in the bag. Yeah. But, yeah, in the early years, they tended to turn up either not working or just about working. Was that like with all the teams, too? So it's like half the people are there just working on their robot trying to make it work? Yeah, it, it varied a lot. There, there were always a few really good teams. But over the years, the majority of the teams have come up in how they turn up. So there was one year, two or three years after we started, a team turned up at the competition thinking part of the competition was to put the robot together. Ah, uh, oh so no. So they turned up with a bunch of pieces. I see. And a so lot they... of teams jumped into the pit and helped them put their robot together. They actually were on the field. Oh. I'm driving around by the end of the competition, but it took a lot of teams a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So it's like, wait, so they thought that you built the robot there as well? 
Correct. So, so then they come to the competition and they see all these people already built their robots. <laughs> so they're yep. either like, dang, these guys are cheating or dang, these guys are really fast at building their robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was that one. And then there was one year somebody turned up and missed the 120 pound rule. Ah, by how and much? And their robot was over 250 pounds. Okay, so they just had, they just piled everything onto there. It, there was a large chunk of steel plate in the robot. Okay, don't run into that robot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they, so one of the lead mentors for one of the for Xbot, I think, came in with a big sawzall and chopped the robot in half. And did it still work? They had no manipulator. But it was underweight and it was driving around. All right. Okay. Okay. No, that works. At least they were able to participate. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big differences, I think, is in the early days, um, we'd, oh, there'd be comp- oh, practice matches in the morning, the first day. Oh. And for the first few matches, you'd be lucky if two or three teams actually were on the field. Um, because they all had to get through inspection. Nowadays, teams are certainly getting through inspection way faster. The quality, yeah. you know, all around has is has come up in leaps and bounds. Yeah, yeah. it's like because people have been have been building up on like la- like last year's team and like last year's yeah. robots and stuff, so they're able to get faster and like able to build better stuff. Yeah, and, and technology also has gotten better. Right, and rookie teams have much more of a support system because all the other teams around them want to support them and help them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't, I like, wait, was it back then that we started with the wood robot? That, that was, was a few years later. That was a few um, years later. So we had metal robots before that? Yeah. But the early robots were mostly kit robots. Okay, kit robots. So I think probably 2010, the base was a kit and the manipulator was all wood. And that was the first time we really went down the wood track. I see, I see. So it's like, and then since then, we've been adding, making a lot of parts of our robot out of wood and stuff. Right. And part of it was that year, 2010, we got to Worlds with that robot. So Ah, we did well. Yeah. And then... The first time we did a complete wooden robot, which was 2013, we got to work. Ah. So it's the wood, it's the sentiment. It's yeah. going to get us back <laughs> to work. Yeah. Partly that, but also partly... Certainly the 2013 one, the game was set up so that a wooden robot worked well. Mm. So sometimes the wooden robot doesn't work well for the game. Something ah. in the mechanics makes it hard. But sometimes it works really well. And certainly 2013 was the one where you had to throw frisbees. And we found that worked really well for a wooden robot. Yeah. So you could build a really good wooden robot. And that's what we found over the years. Some years a wooden robot works really well. And some years there's something you need that's really hard to do in wood. Yeah, and especially because, like, if you run into another robot, your robot is 
at a significant disadvantage because you're out of yeah. you're made out of wood, right? Right. Yeah. So what, well, that year in one of the early competitions, Scott Watson hit us hit full speed in the middle of the field. Ah, uh, the pain. We were both going flat out down the field, opposite directions when we hit. Oh no! But the following that was that happened to be our last match of the day. And we were on the field the following day. Okay. We did yeah. have to do some repair work, but we were yeah. on the field next match. The next match we had to be on, we were on the field. That's we nice. through a lot of epoxy. A lot <laughs> yeah. of epoxy. Yeah. Is it, in it. Was it easier to fix the wooden robots than like the metal robots that we have right now? It depends. There's a, so the question really is, Metal for its weight is probably stronger, yeah. but once you've bent a piece of metal, you have to replace it. Yeah. So what tends to happen with wood is it tends to flex. Uh, so it so until it breaks, it can take quite a lot. But when it breaks, you have a problem. Now the yeah, first yeah. time we did it, which was Blue Scorpion, we actually deliberately designed weak points into it. So when it broke, it snapped at a very specific point, and we knew how to fix it. Okay. So that one, we had an arm that would reach out, the robot, and we actually had one time somebody drove into the arm yeah. and it broke at exactly the point we expected it to. And we just replaced that piece and went on fill again. Yeah, that's nice. The design really needs to be more thought out, I guess, with wood robots. You can get away with a lot with metal robots. Yeah. But you really can't get away with wood. We did, in the early days when we used wood a lot, we spent a lot of time working out where the strengths and weaknesses were. All right. That's nice. Now, a lot of the modern games, like last year, if you think about it, there's a lot of pieces to the game. So you need lots of little mechanisms on the, on the game to do all those little pieces. Yeah. And wood mechanisms tend to be bigger than metal mechanisms. Yeah. So we, you would run into a space problem. Some yeah. of the early games... You did less things. Hmm. So being a bit bigger didn't wasn't a problem. Whereas last year would have been a kind of a big issue if we tried <laughs> to make it out of wood because there was lots and lots of things we were all trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And like if as you said, a, a big robot and then the trench was a very small place to get through. So like right. we would probably not even be able to go through the trench last year. Yeah, if, it, if we made it out so of So that's one of the trade offs you have to make is that I said if you didn't have that and you didn't have all the different mechanisms you wanted, would may have been a good choice. But that particular choice set didn't work well for last year's robot. Yeah. So talking about like the club. So we talked about like first in general, how it changed, like all the robots. But like how did the club itself change from um, its conception to like now? So like specifically about like members and like... Um, I guess, like, the place of the club in the school and, like, demographics? Okay. The place is probably easiest to follow, isn't it? Because we right. started out in that corner classroom, 18-something? 06? 09? The one at the far, right, end, sorry. the far end of the tech block, the furthest okay. away from the rest of the school. I don't even know what it is now. It was Mr. Cooney's computer lab. All right, the computer labs. All right. Yeah, and because it was his room and he was the teacher, 
we just we I mean his he I don't know how he used his whiteboard because that was like the old robot graveyard almost in front of the whiteboards um, and we'd be leaving pieces between meetings we left pieces out all over the place you know the, all down the side cupboards and things and we had cupboards in the back of the classroom to store stuff and then when he left we had different teachers and it wasn't necessarily their room any longer we were using and so everything had to go away do you remember having to clean everything away after every single meeting or have you I been at Ivanhoe? I I've been at Ivanhoe the entire time. Okay, right. So then we, yeah. So now we're guests as it were in somebody's classroom. Ah. And so after every single meeting, the last probably 30 minutes was spent cleaning everything up and packing it all away. Oh, which meant shoving it into cupboards and into, we had a space in the closet outside the room. And then we had the shed uh, thing, bits, the bit shed. of space in the shed. Um, so people were working. We had the uh, workbench on wheels. We'd wheel it outside. People would work out in the rain and the snow. Um, in the rain? Yeah. Um, and if you wanted, you know, to do anything with the robot in a space, we had to use the cafeteria. So then you had to get your game pieces round to the cafeteria and you had to get the robot round to the cafeteria and so on. Um, and then there'd be people walking through as you're doing whatever you need to do with your robot. Yeah. And I think the hardest part of that was just always feeling as though you were in someone else's space and having to be mindful of that and put everything away. So, I mean... If I mean, imagine what it would be like at robotics now if you had to put everything away totally at the end of every meeting and clean up perfectly, you know, every surface wiped down, etc. That, that would take forever. Yeah. And because you've shoved it away, you really don't know what you've got and where it's gone. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then it would be harder the next meeting to find everything, I yeah. guess. And people didn't on. want us in, you know, we just weren't wanted in people's classrooms and I mean as, a, as an I used to be a teacher and I totally understand that you want to be able to walk in in the morning as the teacher and know that your classroom is usable uh, you don't want to clean this stuff up right Right. yeah and the I can remember the time when the programming group had I don't know what they'd done but the teacher the following morning could not use their projector and you know the spent the whole first period trying to get their electronics or their you know all their technology set up again correctly oh, no. so you can imagine the uh, feedback we got from that uh, the anger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or one room we used we moved the desks and if they didn't go back in exactly the right spot that was not good mm. so yeah it was you know it was all understandable from the teacher's point of view yeah but it was a huge relief when we got the space. We got Ivanhoe. Yeah, Ivanhoe. Yeah. That, Ivanhoe is very like spacious too, and then yeah. we could just—it's just our place, right? So we could just work on it. Yeah. Leave stuff exactly where they are, so it doesn't get lost. Of course, not because we are lazy and we don't want to clean up. It's just right. <laughs> right. We want to know where everything is. Yeah, but it seems like you can set up the field. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to set it up and. You don't have to design all the field pieces so that we can pack them up and move them to the shed every every night. 
yeah, that big rocket like that we have in the thing, right. that wouldn't be a thing anymore, I guess. No, we probably wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. We would have made something that had the holes, but not correct, simply so we can make it lighter and put it away. Yeah. We yeah. used to do that fairly regularly, is look at the field piece and redesign it so that we only had the piece we needed for the piece of the game we were playing. Uh, I see. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the place has been a big improvement for robotics, right? Huge, because it's like, now we have all this different sections. What did business do before? Um, they were I, probably I, one classroom. I see. Or, I mean, I can remember groups sitting in the corridor, on the floor in the corridor, outside, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So there really was not, there wasn't a cohesive team that we have now, I certainly. See. Yeah. And, so, yeah. you know, you couldn't move and work on one thing very easily and then go and see what's programming doing. And programming had absolutely no idea what the robot looked like or anything. So, you oh, know, they're no. programming something they have no idea mm. about, really. Oh, no. They're just like, all right, there should be a motor here, so we're yeah. just going to program for the motor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like... Um, I would assume like getting the group together would be a little bit more difficult because now we could just yell loudly and then yeah. everyone would just like come to their attention and be like, oh, oh, right, it's time to like circle up or something. Yeah. Versus like then I guess it's like span the entire like 1800 wing or something, right? So, yeah, like, right. You'd have to... And probably oh. some in the cafeteria too and outside. Yeah. A lot of running around, I guess. Yeah. yeah. At least they got a workout, you know. At least they got That's a workout. That's true, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a nice cozy spot to sit in and sort of just watch what's going on. But Yeah. It's made it a lot easier to be, you know, personally, I'm much happier to sit all day there, you know, to be all there all day because I don't feel as though I'm in somebody else's space. Yeah. Or the cause... teacher is actually, you know, some evenings the teacher would still be there trying to get grading done or whatever. And we're trying to saw wood, drill, you know, drill holes, all this sort of stuff. They're just watching in horror of what, ha yeah. what is happening to their room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how has the attitude of, like, ro like Saints Robotics changed since, uh, like, how, like, from 2007, I guess, to now? Like, did we have the same type of attitude when it comes to um, competition and, uh, like, awards and stuff it's probably ups and downs and or you know ebbs and flows maybe is a better way of putting it um some years have been certainly more focused on awards some have been more focused on the process some have been more focused on keeping the uh more junior members mm. uh, occupied or not occupied but engaged i think is an important thing yeah uh, i mean that's what i like I like the, the way it changes, but I also like the way it has changed and the, and the direction it's going at the moment, I really like. Yeah. And some of that, I think, is the leadership team. Each year, the leadership team changes and the focus of the club kind of moves slightly with them. Hmm. So there'll be a few years when the core leadership team was mostly about building the robot. Yeah. 
and there'll be some years where it is mostly around how do we get new people in. And so over the years, you would see the leadership team impact what was happening with the club. I see. And it's not wrong. It's just it was interesting watching how people's focus, because some of it would be what's going well at the time, what haven't we doing well, let's focus there. And some of it was it depends on who the leaders were at the time. Some of them wanted to focus on the robot and some of them were focused elsewhere. Yeah, I guess that's interesting because like it is like a student-led club, right? Right. So like it's basically what the students think, I guess. Like sometimes they feel like maybe one year – like a major problem was different than the other year. So then they focus on that more. Yeah. So, right. yeah, it's, it's very, it's like normal politics. Everything changes. <laughs> right. It's kind of interesting actually having been there so long, but being the type of people that are not, you know, we don't want to run you, you know, we don't want to lead the club. We don't want to tell you which direction you need to go. Um, and so it really is interesting to watch, the way it goes and to to help you run it the way you want to run it yeah yeah and it's always nice getting advice especially because you guys have been here much longer than us <laughs> so you know what where like it fails like if we or like where it doesn't go so well if we like focus on that or like too much on certain right. points but there is the side of things that says maybe it didn't work last time but that doesn't mean that you guys can't make it work yeah, so it's it's kind of like hindsight, right? We're able to ask you about like, yeah, like what went wrong that time, so we can improve on it this Hopefully, time. Hopefully, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly I, I've I've certainly made a comment, especially around building the fact that you try to do something that failed. Here was the reason why it failed last time. Yeah, if you just go in with the you want to do this, you should go in with what are you doing different this year? Don't fail the same way. Yeah, don't fail the same way. Yeah. Fail yeah. a different way, but not yeah, the same yeah. way. You, you, if you want to go that, it's not a problem doing doing down the same approach before. Just don't fail for the same reason that we failed last time. Pick yeah. a different way to fail, but no, we don't want to fail. Yeah. But yeah, even failing is not that big of an issue as long as you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as you don't do the same thing again. Right. Yeah. 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 As long as we improve upon it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, how has the demographics of robotics changed? Like the people inside the club? Yeah. I'm trying to think how it's changed. Um... So th- there's a couple of things that I've noticed. Is that I'm generalizing a bit, but if you look at the very early years, predominantly boys. I think the first year there was one girl. Uh-huh. Then we got a lot of girls in, so the ratio between boys to girls was was it was still more boys than girls, but it wasn't it wasn't fifty fifty, but it was like over forty sixty. And actually, we got asked for at a lot of competitions over a few years as to how we managed to get so many girls into the team. A lot of teams were coming asking how we competed. Yeah, and I. At least I, I think the ratios have dropped a bit since then. And I don't know quite what's happened. Yeah. So that's certainly one thing that I noticed. Is that's, at one point, we were being able to pull in a lot of girls. And we were pulling them. They were in 
the the engineering side as well. Yeah. A lot of them, not all business. Yeah, we, we used to have a lot of quite a girls. Side. Yeah, and at least yeah, two of the girl presidents were both engineering side. Ah, yeah, Laura and Carter. No, and Shannon. Oh, sorry, and Shannon. Sorry. And dear. So I had to back all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, we had a lot of engineering coming through the girls' side. So some, a lot of girls coming through the engineering side. Um, that seems to have tailed off a bit. It doesn't seem to be as much as a focus as it used to be. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other things that have changed. Obviously, the size has bounced up and down over yeah. the years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the demographics, I suppose, this probably reflects the school and probably the gifted program within the school, even though not everyone is gifted. I mean, that's not a nice way of putting it, is it? Because everyone is gifted in their own special ways, but not everyone is part of that the gifted program. Yeah. But I think more there are you know the the way that that has changed over the years has perhaps reflected it a bit more. I see. I see. Um, yeah, we used to get a very heavy percentage of people from different families. Yeah. So, are there any other notable changes at, for the club since uh, the beginning of time? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Noticeable changes beginning of time um, I, I was looking at the t-shirts because I've got a whole pile of those I think I'll make a display and put it up in uh, Ivanhoe because I showed you mine I'll show you again it's, yeah so this is one of the early days and this is this is our merch that's your merch yeah I've got some other merch too um yeah. but the the t the actual club logo has gone from very kind of fancy, elaborate, yeah. to much more simplified. I mean, if you take today's logo, it's very simplified, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a gear with a dog in it. Yeah, and and a, a few years ago, it was a gear with a dog in it and some flames through it, and the dog had his little bib with his tools in and so on, and, and he's oh, lost okay. all that. Yeah, it's a more <laughs> simplified and yeah. modern design. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's interesting, and I think if we put up a display like that, it'll be it'll be interesting to see that change. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Like, if yeah. people can sacrifice some of their old shirts too, we could have, like, like uh, a shirt row i guess yeah of like well i think we could of shirts. I think we've probably got almost all of them in our house that we can yeah. <laughs> donate um, to the project <laughs> donate to the project yeah yeah um oh the, the other one we we're gonna i'm gonna show you yeah is that going to was that does that show ah that's the frc wait is that for uh worlds that one would have yeah. Well, you can figure out what it was. I'm trying to remember. I think this that was, was when we got through to Worlds. And and this was another trip to Worlds. Nice. Well, these weren't from... These were... No. If, you, if you won the final. I think this one was... We lost in the final. Oh. 
Whereas the silver one was we won in the final, we went to Wales. Ah, I see, I see. But we went to Wales then too. Did we? Is that, a gold, is that golden? Is that, is that bronze? I think it's bronze. No, it's gold because no, we've got a bronze gold. one there. There's two, ah. two different colours. We have all three, you know? It's for different years. years. For different years. Right. But there used to be, because this is, okay, right. 2008, they used to give medals on ribbons out for different awards as well, uh -huh. whereas now it's more, you remember the plaques that we've won? Yeah, we have some plaques. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's how things have changed, you know, within FIRST and what they, they do. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so that 2008, which was, if that, that first year or second year, second, second year, we must have got a, an award that year. Don't remember what it was. And everybody in the team would have got one of those medals because of that. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I guess was... first got, like, a big budget increase as well, so they were able to give more in awards. I think it's probably a decrease nowadays. <laughs> oh, <so>. a decrease. <laughs> Well, they've got so many more people. They do, yes. Yeah, I mean, if you so that did you do you know that the team number sort of represents how long you've been in first for? Yeah, because like right now, there's like I think it's like seven thirty-two or whatever, like right. the new teams are. Yeah, and so, so like, we're we're one of the older teams. We're the oldest team, you know. We have Not we oldest, have uh, we're the wise teams. Well, yeah. Yes. The only trouble is that it's, you know, because we all, or you all, change out. A yeah. lot of our wisdom doesn't build it. It gets lost. Oh, no. That's why we have these podcasts. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, so you, you will tend to find that there's a, and a lot of the new rookie teams will be told, if you want to ask a question, go find a team that's less than 2,000 and ask them. <laughs> because it is kind of expected when you turn up at the competition if you're one of the early teams you still have some knowledge kept around and people will send other teams to you ah the, the secrets you know the scrolls of secrets That's that it. we have on right. us yeah, is, is that it's it, if so so the thing that will happen is that like one of the inspectors will send a team to us to say, oh, you're using the same stuff as that team. You need some extra help? Go over there. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I, I guess that's nice. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a great thing to like, I get meet the other teams as well. You create the cooperation, I guess. Right. I, I, I would have said to some extent we're doing that less than we used to at some point. So mm -hmm. it is actually something we probably should think about doing more of. What used what we used to do at some of the competitions is the people who sit in the pits but cycle around the pits, they don't because you can't have everybody in the pits at the same time, is the people who aren't spending the time in the pits, they go off Round all the other pits and see if anybody needs any help. Mm. So we used to have there were there were some competitions where we'd ha would have people in half a dozen other pits helping them work on their robot. Oh, yeah, we should do that more. That that might be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah it gets you it gets you several things. One of them is 
the teams can recognize your name. Ah, yes. You get to learn how other stuff is put together. Yeah. Because some of it is they just need a hand with tools and things, and you get a chance to, to learn more about the robot. Yeah. And it's not just the robot, is programming team should be doing this as well. Yeah. yeah that's nice. Yeah, that'd be a lot. That'd be a lot of fun. Just like learning what other robots, like how they're put together for ideas for like if something breaks on our robot or like whatever. Yeah, right. And right now we've lost pretty well two years of that, haven't we? Yes, we have. Because we made one competition last year. Yeah, we, we get You know, some people went to. So we've got a lot of people who haven't been to competition at all. Yeah. So, There's a lot of people that haven't seen Ivanhoe at all as well. True, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then like haven't even seen our robot in real life. So that's kinda that's a bummer. I, I can't wait till like we open up schools again in like April oh, yeah. or like May. And then everyone's like I guess not everyone's gonna rush in at once, but they're gonna come in <laughs> on their own time and Maybe. take a look. <laughs> we'll have a meet and greet the robot. Yes, meet and greet yeah. the robot. You can bring it outside. Yeah. Meet and greet the robot outside. That'd be nice. Be just, yeah. The robot just rolls by everyone. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Don't know what state it's in. Salute the robot. Yeah. He may be a bit rusted by now. Yeah. And also, like last year, even though we had like our one competition, we still had to like maintain like not social distancing, but like we we were very aware of like yeah. COVID and stuff, so we weren't really that involved with other people i guess we tried to stay within our robotics group i guess yeah, yeah. no you're right yeah so I that also remember. did not help with that yeah i remember somebody sitting at our table at lunchtime from another team and i was like hang on a minute are you healthy don't, <laughs> don't sit near us <laughs> are you yeah. okay sir yeah that has changed a lot it has, hasn't it? So have you, um, in your experience, have you guys seen anything or learned anything that, like, surprised you about, like, our team, like, students or, like, robotics in general? Um, gosh. Well, I can think of something that I guess I got a big surprise when I first started. So, All right. I got used to it now. <laughs> But the first couple of years, it was a really big factor. Yeah. My dad was an engineer, so I grew up around tools. Yeah. So I got a shock the first year that I started playing training, and I'd ask a student, can you just use a screwdriver and tighten that up, please? And they didn't know how to use a screwdriver. Uh, <laughs> uh, or any tools for that matter. And that was a big... Ah, <laughs> if you think about it, my dad, as I said, my dad was an aircraft engineer. He just did everything himself. So I just grew up around tools and knew how to use them. Yeah. And then to realize there's a lot of students around who just basically never use tools, ever. Yeah. I guess yes. robotics gives them an opportunity to use, especially power tools, right? Like, a, yeah. like the bandsaw. And our CNC that we might get. Yes. That'd be amazing. I mean, that's, that has been 
one of the that was in those early days we spent a lot of time because I, I I used to teach people your age before we moved here and then I worked with you know young people until I got involved in robotics and I keep going with that so I've been around teenagers most of my life and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing well I'm still there and I'm still loving it so it's right. maybe it's a good, a good thing. thing yeah just from my point of view yeah. But Mr. Moore would like, he'd come back and he'd say, oh, and I'd say, the teenagers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what do you expect kind of thing? Yeah. And trying to put it into perspective. And, and that's what he's referring to. And then a few years later, I mean, not so long ago, he's saying that exact same thing when I'm complaining about some of the, not the, the robotics team, but other kids that I work with. And he says, they're teenagers, what do you expect? And it's like this whole flip reversal. <laughs> which is really quite funny. So I I have been, I, I don't know if it's surprised, but I'm always impressed with how well the, the majority of the robotics team work, their worth ethic, their leadership abilities. Um, since I've started doing the leadership training for, the, for you guys, yeah, yeah. and I've watched you take that on board and then sort of use it, it's you know it's it's quite incredible seeing what what you're all capable of and yeah. and i you know it's just you you come in at what 14 uh i was 15 i think okay but i mean in general 14 15 yeah, 14, year olds 15, yeah and you're still kids yes and then you 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 develop through the team and you get more and more responsibility and i see that you know, taking it on, taking initiatives until, you know, you're going to be 18-year-old young, you know, ladies and young men and so on and and just going out there into the world and doing great things. Yeah, because just... in ninth grade, I was very awkward, more awkward than I am now, which is, I, I know it's hard to believe, but yeah. And then I would not be like doing a podcast or anything, but right. like definitely like robotics has like, you know, broken me out of my shell, I guess, made, made me more want to like do more stuff yeah like this i mean it's almost it's like a safe place to fail isn't it you can yeah. try things you can see whether they work or not and at the end of the day it's not a disaster hopefully if it doesn't work yeah exactly yeah and then as mr moore said you like failure is almost like expected almost yeah. so it's like uh, even if you fail it's completely okay because you know that was like uh, there's a high percent of chance that might happen. So, But it's also a learning experience. You yeah. learn more by failing than exactly. you do by doing something safe and something that you already know. Yeah. Yeah, the hard part to learn is... Oh, no, Mr. Moore, your voice is... Uh... I was just saying, the hard bit that I've seen you learn over the years is when a failure happens, how to question what went correct and what went wrong. Mm. I would have said a lot of people, as they mature, the first thing happens is if something goes wrong, it was all failed. Yeah. There was no piece of it that was correct. <laughs> and as you get older, you, you start saying, pull it apart. Which piece of these actually worked and which piece was actually the problem? Not You don't throw everything away for the sake of the failure at the end because a lot of pieces probably work correctly. Yeah. And that's a 
good exercise that I think robotics starts teaching you is how to do that correctly. Yeah, it's just debugging, right? Yeah, right. But it's it's not just it's it's kind of debugging in more than just programming. It's how do you yeah, de- yeah. if a robot mechanics fails, how do you work? Was the design wrong? Did we build it wrong? Did we pick the wrong material? Even when you're thinking about leadership, you can do the same thing. Is the end result failed, but did most of what you were trying to do succeed and one piece of it caused the whole thing to fail? So you don't have to change everything. You have to find the one piece that's wrong and correct that. Yeah, that's that's a very important lesson that you take away from robotics. Yeah, yeah I think so. And that, that process is very useful in like everything, especially I use it in my essays all the time, you know? Like right. uh, I, I get a bad grade or like not a grade I want. And then I'm like, all right, I don't have to redo everything. I can just figure out where it went wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you see that, you actually see that even in the first level. If you look at the, if you look at the rules, sometimes when you look at the changes in the rules and look at why they change, like one I can remember is one year they got very, very keen on inspecting how your battery was held into the robot. The battery? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason was, was actually one of the competitions we were at. (laughs) It wasn't us. It was another team's battery fell out the robot. Oh. Landed upside down and went up in flames. Ah. And so the following year, the inspectors were really hot on inspecting how and how securely your batteries were held into the robot. I see. Oh no! Was the robot okay in the end? That that there was there was a lot of people helping them put the robot back together. Then I see. It it took them, I think, all afternoon. But the following day, they were back on the field. That's good. They better have used more duct tape to hold it on. Yeah. Well, the big lesson was don't put the battery in the robot upside down because uh, that's what they did. Oh, oh no. So the terminals were yeah. pointing down. So when it slipped, it landed on the terminals. Uh, I thought it like, I thought the the thing flipped when it was falling, but no, no. they just placed it upside down. Yeah. Wow. And, it, and, you saw, and at one point you saw the robot driving around with this battery following Correct. behind, held on by the cables. Uh, that just gives me like anxiety thinking of that. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few because that was that was the recent one, the frisbee one, one of the frisbee throwers, basically blew up oh, yeah. on the field. Okay. So, well, think about it is what every what a lot of teams were doing was they were building frisbee throwers by putting the frisbee against the wheel, spin the yeah. wheel, push the frisbee against it. How many wheels do we have that are meant to spin at 10,000 RPM? Uh, All our drive wheels don't spin anything like that fast. Yeah. So what happens when they spin that fast? Uh, A lot of bad things happen to the motor. Well, in in this particular one, the wheel just shattered and sprayed pieces of wheel all over the field, the stands. It went everywhere. Okay. It was basically a shotgun. It turned into a shotgun. Yeah. All right. Uh, nobody got hurt that year, but it was it was quite a bang when it went. Yeah. Dang. 
All right. Uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to have one final question to ask you guys. And that is, are there any specific moments that have reminded you why you decided to mentor robotics or why, decide, why you decided to become a mentor? Um, okay, probably this this year. I, I mean, I, I see it quite, I'm reminded all the time because it's one of these things. If it's not fun, I mean, I'm not paid to be there. So if it's not fun, why would I be there? Yeah. So it is always fun. But to watch the um, maybe the lessons that I've tried to impart in you, um, then be see them being taken on board and used and passed down to other team members. That's the kind of thing that I'm inspires me to keep keep doing this. That I feel so I'm hopefully making a difference somewhere. Yeah. Right. And for me, it's similar. I, I had I just thought about being able to look at a problem and to to take it apart and look at what was correct and what wasn't correct. Seeing the students take that on board and start using that, starting to be able to peel a problem apart and say what makes sense with this and what doesn't make sense. That's the seeing somebody take that on board and use it for real is what really says would be it's that's good. I can't think of the right words, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us today, right? I learned so much about robotics like our team that i did not know before and also about frc like a robot turning into a shotgun like i never thought that would ever happen but i guess it did so yeah yeah so yeah thank you so much um and thank you the people listening or watching to this for joining us all the way to the end so if you guys have any questions or any suggestions just email email us at the robotics assemble podcast at saintsrobotics.com and go to saintsrobotics.com to buy our merch. So, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, where I hold up mine. Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold up the merch. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't bring it. I have some. All right. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, to end it, we're going to do the same thing that we did before, but with robotics break. So, on three, I guess. One, two, three. Robotics, robotics break. break. <laughs>